means this, this undeserved favor that God shows towards us. And that's what we're going to see. And what we find is that um, Paul, Paul can't stop talking about grace. It's all over. When, when Paul's writing these letters like he wrote to the, to the believers in Ephesus, he just keeps talking about the grace of God. It, it could be that, that Paul was so deeply impacted by the undeserved favor that God, that Jesus showed to Paul, that he just can't stop talking about it. Or it could, it could be that Paul sees that everything is connected back to God's grace. I personally think that Paul speaks of grace so often because it's so easy for us to forget what we've been given. It's easy to lose sight of how blessed we are. So my hope and desire for all of us this morning, as we look at God's word, as we hear stories from three different people, as we see the beautiful picture of baptism, is that we might see God's grace afresh this morning. And that we might listen to God's spirit as he calls us to respond to that grace. So in Ephesians 2, that you just heard read, uh, just before that, in Ephesians 1, Paul talks all about how great Jesus is and how amazing his work is towards us. And and then he, he has this prayer where he prays for the body of Christ, his church, us, right here. And then he gets to chapter 2, and he changes the subject. He changes the focus. Instead of talking just about Jesus, now he looks at, at everyone in the church and what, what, um, what they brought to the table when they became saved. And so he says this, and it's a little bit of a story, so follow it with me. He says, in verse 1 through 3, Paul says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So Paul is saying, what did you bring to the table when you got saved? Who was, who was our ruler? Who was, who was God of our life? It wasn't Jesus. Who were you serving? Who were you slaves to? Who did you devote your life to? It makes me think of... Um, that old song by Bob Dylan, You Gotta Serve Somebody. Maybe, how many of you guys know that song? It's an, old, it's an old one, but a good one. right? And he goes through all these different things, and, and there's no option. You might serve yourself. You might serve you know, some other thing, but you've got to serve somebody, right? And that's what Paul's saying. Before you met Jesus, you served something else. And he says that in serving that, that other thing like the rest of the world, 
Listen to the irony of this statement. He says that you were dead in the ways you used to live. Dead, but alive. Like the walking dead, right? Like, like walking around looking like they're alive, but actually dead. And he's, he's helping them remember. He's, he's helping us remember. How did that go for you? How did that go gratifying every desire? How did that go seeking satisfaction in everything and anything? In, in sex, in, in food, in status, in entertainment, in substances, in traveling, in acquiring things. How is that life of death? Doesn't it always leave you dissatisfied? Didn't it always leave you? Think back to before you knew Christ. And that is what you and I brought to the table. That was, that was where we were before we knew Jesus. But that's not the end of the story. That's not where the passage stops. There's good news. He says in verse 4, but because of his great love. And I just want to stop there for a minute. Okay, He just described where we were before we knew Christ. And then it changes and he says, because of his great love. Because of God's great love. Wow. He has great love for you. You need to hear that this morning. God's great love is for you. You need to believe that. The gospel and the work of Jesus moves from just being news to being really good news when you start to believe that God loves you. It's just news But when you catch a glimpse of the love of God for you, it becomes really good news. And some of you have seriously deep emotional scars that have been caused by deep wounds. God is different than those people that hurt you. Let him in. His love will change your life. But Andrew... You don't get it. I don't deserve his love. You don't, you don't deserve his love. I know that. That's not what you're expecting me to say, right? <laughs> I don't deserve God's love. And that's not what Paul says. Listen to what Paul says about God. He says, because of the great love which he loved you, God, who is rich in mercy... Have you met people that are really, really rich? Do you have good friends? That are, it's all about who you know, right? People that are rich. And, and, you know, they can throw their money at things, and it doesn't affect them. It doesn't, they don't think twice about it. What Paul says here is that God is so rich in his mercy, in his mercy that he's ready to just pour it out on you even though you don't deserve it. Even though I didn't deserve his mercy, he just pours it out. In his love. Paul is not arguing that anyone deserves God's love. Paul is saying that God is so wealthy in his mercy that he has enough to just pour it out on you. Do you realize that this morning? Do you realize that when Jesus was on the cross, when the blood was pouring out of his hands and his feet, dripping down his limp body, 
running down onto the ground, that that wasn't just blood. It was his mercy pouring out for you. That's why we sang earlier, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. That's why we sing about that. Because we're all indebted to the mercy of God. We needed cleansing. We needed forgiveness. We needed salvation. And instead of God's wrath, we received his mercy. So what happens when the walking dead, those that are living in that lifestyle of living death, death in sins, just like everyone else, what happens when they believe that God's love is for them? What happens when they see, when someone sees that Jesus on the cross is actually God's hand of love stretched out to save them? What happens when they finally see that God has enough mercy even for me? What happens? Resurrection happens. Yeah, that's, that's what our text said. It says that because of his Because of his great love, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive. We were dead, but he made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, even when we were dead in our sin. Jesus talks about this same idea as being born again. Who raised Jesus from the dead? You guys know know the story? Jesus went to a cross, he died, he went into a grave. Who raised him from the dead? This is, a, this is an easy answer, I'm not going to give it away. I'm just going to wait. God, God raised him from the dead, right? God raised Jesus up from death. Um, <clears throat> and how many of us started our lives in death, in sin. All of us did. That's what this text is talking about. We might have appeared alive, we might feel alive, but there's a death in us. Every one of us, apart from Jesus saving you, that's where you'll remain, is in death. But... That's the gospel story. The same Jesus who who gave his life for you while you were still dead is also the Jesus who defeated death by God's power. God raised Jesus up from the dead. If you're trusting in Jesus as your Savior today, then you're alive because of Jesus' power, because of God's power. Very soon, we're going to see three people. They're going to get dunked down into the water, picturing for us an image of going down into death, into the grave, which is where their sins would have taken them. But Jesus went down into the grave on their behalf, and they're going to come up out of the waters, as long as I'm strong enough to, you know, no, God's going to help me with that. Um, But they're going to come up out of the waters of death, symbolizing the new life that they've been given through faith in Jesus. 
God has given them a resurrection life that they're living out now. So that's the beautiful picture of baptism. And Paul says in Ephesians 2, he says, all of this is the grace of God. Every part of this, where you started being in death, in sin, where Jesus stepped in and substituted himself, and where he resurrects you by faith, all of this is the grace of God. He made us alive with Christ even while we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And Paul gets really excited here, and I won't go into mentioning all of it, but he starts to talk more and more about grace. It's almost like once he starts to talk about grace, he's just like, oh, I got to tell you about how good this grace is. He says, God raised us up. That's the language of resurrection, right? He's, he's giving you a, a, a word picture. You were dead and God raised us up. And where did he put us? He seated us with Christ in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. Doesn't that sound good? Incomparable riches of his grace expressed in kindness toward you in Christ. For by grace it has been, you have been saved. He says it again through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's a gift from God. This is the beautiful picture of what God does when he saves us. He takes us out of the grave of death and the enslavement that was our identity, and he gives us a new life. He takes us up out of the grave, and he gives us a royal seat with the king. He gives you a new identity. No longer are you under God's wrath. He's changed your situation. Now you're a recipient of his incomparable riches of grace. Stick with me. We're almost here. We get to go see people get dunked. I'm excited. So, everything changes for us when we're saved through faith in Jesus. And it's all God's grace. So how does that resurrection life change how we live? We get new life through Jesus. Um, one author that I really like, he writes about it and he says, um, we're, ever since we meet Jesus, we're practicing resurrection. Our lives are just a continual practice of the new life that Jesus gives us. And so there's two ways that I want to say that that, that kind of happens. And um, both of them you're actually going to see displayed in baptism. And you're probably going to hear it in the stories of those that are getting baptized. The first way is that Jesus gives us a new identity, a, a baptismal identity. It's a big word, but when, when I baptize them, I'm going to say, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, I baptize you. That's just a way of saying, because they've placed their faith in Jesus, God is their Father, so they're adopted, they're children of God. The Son, Jesus, is our leader, and so we're followers. That's a new identity. And the Holy Spirit is, is our strength. He's the one that, that leads us and helps us. And so, and he sends us. He sends us into our lives as, as the light of the world. 
So that's a new identity, our, our new identity that's pictured in baptism. And then also, secondly, how do we practice resurrection? Uh, living by faith in Jesus and repentance. Because even as Christians, we screw it up all the time. I'd be the first to admit that I, I sin, I, I start to do things my own way. And in that, I don't have to hide. I can be open and say, okay, Lord, I know you still love me. I'm going to turn back to you. I'm going to trust you. Simple as that. A life of faith and repentance. Repentance is just a big word for turning back to God. So where are you today? Christian, if you're a Christian, have you forgotten the grace of God? And how good it is? How is Jesus calling you to respond to his grace? What are those good works that Jesus wants to do in you? Maybe you need to get baptized. We're going to have another opportunity later in the year. But what is God calling you to right now? How will you respond to the grace of God? For those that are here that maybe are familiar with Jesus or this is all new, do you know that you need God's love and rich mercy? Come to Jesus today. He desires to save you from your life of death and to give you his life, which is abundant and so much better. So trade that brokenness for newness. And that's what we'll see and hear in just a moment.